as ever, I can tell you that. Right. We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, well I don't get it. I get a day cold. It's no good! He missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 35 of the Soda City Sit-Down. We've got another big week planned this week. A lot to talk about. Getting into housekeeping right off the bat, as always. Just a couple of things to talk about. Once again, if you are on social media, please follow us there. We are on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the SC Sit Down on both of those uh, platforms there. We really appreciate if you could also follow us, subscribe, everything on Spotify and iTunes. iTunes especially. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, give us some good stuff there. Uh, a lot to talk about, too. Just some other quick things just going on with our podcast. Uh, given the weekly Austin countdown, this is just the second to last, the penultimate podcast with Austin as a member of the gang here. He is going to be he heading back. Until he comes back. My baby if, boy. If, if we let him back. <laughs> They're taking away my baby boy. Look at that they massacred my boy. <laughs> I was going to say that when he comes back. He grew up so fast. So, uh, so yeah, he's going to go and be an airman with the uh, U.S. Air Force, if you haven't caught on to that by now. Uh, so we're excited for him. We're excited to get him out of here. Uh, we're going to be uh, – just kidding, Austin, kind of. But uh, we're going to be starting Damn, up it's the, reciprocated. Uh, it's reciprocated. <laughs> we're, we're excited Damn. to be uh, um, starting up the Letters from Home series, uh, which we've been talking about and teasing a little bit. Um, I've been brainstorming different things and how I want the fake world sports to go over the next. Uh, how many weeks is it? So do you have yeah. an address already or are you going to find yeah, out? We're when gonna you get there. That. Yeah. I, I'm going to find out probably right before I leave. Um, do you have a, do you have nice. a rank? Like, do we have to refer to you as like <laughs> officer? <laughs> do they have like a word like in the Marines? Like, do they call you like maggots? No, I don't think they do that for air. Uh, Marines, they probably still do. No, of it's a little bit. A little, Force, little you know, bit. Just, yeah. That's, that's in, too insensitive for them. They might cry. Yeah, it's too insensitive. Exactly. They would, <laughs> they would make it through. Nowadays. <laughs> I don't want to hurt any feelings over here. I think everyone's referred to as recruit until you actually graduate. Because they don't want to give you a rank in case you drop. Yeah. Recruit. We'll have to do the Civil War Austin like Rider. Rider. Big oh, no, yeah. I'm not yeah. No, I'm not saying it like that. Like I'm going to send him like a two truths and a lie. Where oh, yeah. it's like... Like he doesn't know what's going on. Like he, yeah. like I'm going to tell him like the Dolphins are like ten and zero, and really are like zero and ten. But he's not going to know. He's not going to know. I mean, I think because, he'll know. But like, like there's but no way he's going to have that little seed of hope set with him. Like for the first couple <laughs> weeks of the season, Damn. he's going to think I might come home, and it's, they're going to be like this great record. And then he's going to get on the plane, like get on his phone for the first time in weeks, and it'll be like, oh my god, we suck. <laughs> to his hip blew up in week three. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Austin, dude. you get to watch uh, week one games, right? I do. I get to watch week one. Well, let's hope let's hope Tua lasts. He, he knows what Tua's fate's already going to be. The worst teaser. The worst teaser. So is he starting? <laughs> no, if it's. If it's... Okay. No, it's, that's not too bad. Then. Oh, yeah. At least you, won't, you won't have to see Tua get hurt in the first game of the year. It's, yeah, I know. This is the anticipation. It's gonna be the worst teaser of all you'll, time. You'll get honestly. to see like Fitzpatrick try to run for a first down and like headbutt the if defender. Austin, or, like... Austin, if you come back and the Dolphins are like nine and zero, oh, you you just have to go back. I'm yeah. never coming home. Yeah, <laughs> you can't watch games. You were like you have been the problem. Yeah, I, I just had to 
associate my fandom and just become a, a I don't know. So when did Dan Marino retire? Uh, 99. Oh, okay. I was about to say, like, may, around the time you were born. It's a funny coincidence. Yeah, I'm just cursed. You know, it is. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's going to be a lot of fun to just antagonize Austin uh, here coming up in a couple weeks. Another thing that Austin's going to have to miss out on, not just our podcast, uh, but we're really excited to bring back the Fantasy Football League, what we, uh, we are calling the League of Collusion. It's the name of our league. Uh, that league is what has given us this podcast. We went from having a uh, Fantasy League group chat where we just throw all of our sports opinions into, and uh, about the end of last year's season, we decided that, hey, let's. we t- joked about making podcasts. And then jokes became a reality, and now here we are 35 weeks in, recording a podcast and getting ready for another fantasy season. Uh, I don't want to brag too much, but I'm going to brag. I am the defending champion. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's all we need to hear about that. I've, uh, we'll I've be talking about fantasy football a lot. The, the only two-time champion in the league. I'm just going to talk oh, over Clayton. Oh, shut and not up. Anything. <laughs> Boo this, I man. I will Boo. say that, that just because it's – finally coming in that we're going to be talking about football. I feel like all of us had that, like we all have our own specialties and things we care more about than others when it comes to sports. But I feel like the one thing we always talked about and all have a knowledge base on is football. And so when we started back in January, it was like, all right, let's figure out how to do this thing, at least to a, an okay level. And then once football comes, we'll have so much to talk about. And so just just thinking about that is really exciting. So football is upon us. Fantasy is upon us. And then we got hit with an international pandemic right there. We'll, we'll figure it out along the way. And we'll then we really had to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure people out there that are listening do take part in fantasy football as well. Uh, so there's a lot of people that are excited. I know a lot of people have already been drafting. My brother had a draft the other night that I had to talk him out of some stupid picks for. I wish you were there to talk me out of some stupid picks. I don't know picks. if you're the best uh, person to give advice, but sure. Right, well, I, he was going to take AJ Green like, early. I, I guess so. I didn't think it was a good decision. You said AJ Green? AJ Green mm. early, like in like like the first half of the draft. Which I was mm. like, I don't know if I touched that one that early. Maybe like as like the last pick, if he's still on the yeah. board, I don't know. But... It's like drafting Bell early. Talk to Josh about that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 he could go wrong. He, he's he holding could, out. He could, go, he could go off. He could go off. You know, AJ, I mean, I hope AJ does well. I mean, he's from Somerville right here in my hometown, but I just, I wouldn't touch him quite yet. Flash forward to our draft on Sunday where I take AJ Green second round. <laughs> draft. That's only because Roddy White that retired. That would be a Tyler so, pick. Yeah. Yeah, that Roddy be. White retired. Jesus. Full circle here. So a lot, of, you know, a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, we do want to take a minute to kind of go off book, off, you know, our main thing where we normally talk about sports because we did have a tough week for for the state of South Carolina, and I know Marina wants to talk more about that. So I'm going to take away and uh, and go on with that here. Yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely something that that was really heavy for South Carolina, but nationally and internationally, this was a big headline. Um, as probably plenty of people know, uh, earlier this week, Chadwick Boseman left us. He had stage four colon cancer um, at age 43. So, I mean, he was just, he had been in, you know, his career for a long time, as you may know him from King T'Challa and Black Panther, which is arguably his biggest role. Um, Yeah. Um, 
Thurgood Marshall in the movie Marshall. He was Jackie Robinson in 42. So in the past couple of years, I mean, really blew up as an actor. But in terms of his age, I mean, 43 for an actor is still really young. He's a South Carolina guy from Anderson. I went to TL Hanna and uh, graduated college from Howard University. So, you know, cancer is one of these things that's really hard because it's it's kind of an unbiased disease you know it affects everyone the same way and there's not really any reason or rhyme it happens there's not you don't just get it it's not contagious it affects everyone um in different ways as well depending on where it happens and everything um it's hard for me to seeing this because my my uncle who is pretty much the only reason why i'm a mets fan jets fan rangers fan um is going through esophageal cancer right now and luckily he's later in recovery but it just like it really hit home for me to see that um because it, you never know like so it's it's one of these diseases that some people are really open to talk about um and and are really up to the forefront and you know attack it the way they want to attack it and then there are other people like chadwick that you know kept it to himself didn't want to bring attention to the fact that he was sick. He wanted to bring attention to what he was doing in his career and what he was doing in his outreach. And I think that's really commendable as a person to do that. I think anyone, you know, there's no wrong or right way to do it for sure. It's just, it was tough. I mean, cause he's a great guy. Um, again, I mean, it's really, really awesome. He's from South Carolina. And that's why a lot of us really, I was a big fan of him because of that. When I found out he was from South Carolina, I was like, awesome. Like, it's really cool, especially a person of color to be, you know, the, the first real person of color that's a leading a superhero franchise. It was awesome. Um, and the fact that he was a great person, too, um, was just even better. But, it, yeah, I, I think we're all feeling it the same way. It doesn't matter if you're from South Carolina or from Seattle or from China. I mean, everyone knows who this character is and had a big connection with him. Um, and, and had inspiration from not only Black Panther as a character, but from the, the man that he was. Um, so I guess for his family, uh, you know, everyone that he knows in, in Anderson uh, and everyone he was close to, you know, um, just recovering in their own way and, you know, trying to remember Chadwick the best we can and everything. Um, it's hard because, you know, it's a celebrity. So it's like you don't really know him, but at the same time, you kind of know him. And I'm sure like everyone else here probably thinks the same way about him yeah definitely i uh i'm I'm not the type that normally really gets like really worked up about a celebrity death like uh i guess a lot of times like you'll see it happen you're like oh man like that really stinks but um there's very few times that i i'm like floored by a celebrity death especially one like outside of the world of sports because like that's where i really like i guess admire a celebrity status um so i mean just in like the past, you know, a death like like Kobe earlier this year. Um, it just, I mean, that that was a flooring one. And then, but for like actors, musicians, things like that. I mean, like the big ones, like a Michael Jackson or something like that. Like obviously, that's like holy crap. But I never really expected. I I, mean, I never expected to come across like the passing of Chadwick Boseman in this point in time right now. Uh, but especially just with how big he's gotten, it's he's been in. I mean so many big things in the last couple of years. Uh, and then, like you said, it, being from Anderson, being a South Carolina native, I mean, that just kind of, I don't know I, if you listen to podcasts or just know me at all. Like I, I'm a Homer, I'll admit it. 
I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very positive about things, but like, I mean, if you come from the same area that I'm from, like, I'm going to, I'm going to back you. Like I'm going to support you no matter what, you know, like, like I sit there, you know, I, I love people like, like Stephen Colbert, you know, like he's from right here in South Carolina, another like local celebrity. Like, I mean, I'm going to back them up and be like, yeah, like on Black Panther, on the late show, all these things, big, big things from South Carolina. So it just kind of was like, holy crap, like just to lose that right there, like in his prime, it was a, uh, it's, it's real tough. So it's been really cool to see everything that's flown in from him. Um, you know, all the support and, and the, and the well wishes, I guess, if, the memoriums that have been going around. So it's a tough week seeing that come across the news feed there. One thing I want to say real quick is kind of like you said, Marino, that was like on the back end of his you know, career. Like he didn't really talk about it. He wasn't public with it. I don't really know how many people knew it. Uh, I'm sure only his tight, tight inner circle. So like when this news broke out, it wasn't like, you know, oh, you know, we knew this was coming. You know, he had talked about having it and, you know, it was only like this was no one knew this was happening. The thing that he filmed all of these movies with that in mind, particularly the Avengers movies you know, going through the chemo and doing all those things, but still just keeping that in the back of his mind, um, you know, not drawing attention to it, you know, just being immersing himself in the character, being this hero type, you know, I respect the hell out of that. You know, I think that's really impressive that he was able to do that um, and, and not having so many people know. And I think that's a good thing because they kind of would have maybe looked at it in a different light had it kind of been public information, but you know, I, I respect how he handled it. I think that was so professional and so just awesome. Um, and, and it is really sad to hear. And he was very divergent between Black Panther and Jackie Robinson. I mean, he was a very good, he was very good at what he did and how he perceived himself. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think I think it's so hard because it can't like cancer can be a very vulnerable thing. Again, like with with my uncle and um, I have a uh, my dad's cousin. Like just the other day, um, found out he's like has terminal cancer and has like a couple months to live. And it's like I've now thought about this because I have family, and it's like. If I was to have cancer, like, what do you do? Like, am I just going to tell everyone or am I just going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to like have my life be kind of normal uh, for as long as I can, especially with him knowing it was stage four colon cancer when it got to stage four. It's like, you are you just going to sit there and, and you know, let your last days go by and just enjoy what you have? Or are you going to pretend like this doesn't exist and attack it your own way? And no, no way is the right way, but it's just. I can't imagine the the strength you have to have and how hard that must be to think about that and to live with that. Because again, you said like when that tweet came out, no one knew it. No one expected it. I think now I think Twitter made a tweet that it is the most liked tweet ever. I think it has over 8 million likes and I don't know how many retweets. But it just shows one, the the person Chadwick was and, and the message he had and what he left, but also just how surprising and how shocking it was. And I don't think he wanted it to be any sort of shocking moment. He didn't want it to be about himself, and that's why he kept it to himself. And again, really commendable. Uh, be just like, man, what what a way, what a way to go. Yeah, it was bigger than him. It was about the roles, being the hero, being you know something that you know not only just the African American community, but but just people could look up to. You know, particularly Black Dude. Panther, but you know, Jackie Robinson too. I mean, that was a huge defining moment in history. So he wanted to be more about the characters he was portraying who he was even as a, as a person in real life too. Like he, like that wasn't important. What was important is what he was doing now His his actions on the screen. You know, those, those speak louder than anything. And like you said, I respect I that. Mean, he played about every hero you can. I mean, he played, he played like an actual hero. He played a, a historical hero and he played a sports hero. I mean, like for him to have that career that he did, I mean, I, I know it sucks to say, but like, 
he really ended on a high note. And I think he, he did about every, like that is a career, you know, like I, I like if I was in his shoes and I knew that that was happening, I, you know, I'd be happy that I was able to do what I did and left that impact that I had. For sure. And you know, it was intense too, filming the, those Avengers movies and even the black Panther standout movie, like going through those rounds of chemo and then all the traveling and just all the shoots and all the, all the stuff that went into those movies, like him still being able to do that and be so immersive into it is incredible too, in my opinion. So, um, it, it's just really crazy to see. And, you know, it, it definitely hit a home for me. So, you know, here's to his family and his friends. And it's, it's really sad. May he rest in peace. Yeah, definitely with him being from South Carolina, it was a huge topic that we, we wanted to mention this week. And we're going to pick up from where we left off last week, talking about the second half of the SEC schedule. So we teased it a little bit last week. But going into, I guess this is week seven here, the marquee matchup we have to start off here, obviously, is Georgia versus Florida in Jacksonville, which is weird that the game is still in Jacksonville, which we, we kind of mentioned a little bit, but definitely the premier matchup this weekend with Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri all on by. The other games we have this week are Arkansas against Tennessee, South Carolina playing Texas A&M, and Vandy playing Mississippi State. So what do we think about that? Do we think uh, Florida, Georgia? Obviously, that, that's the one I'll have my eyes on. I mean, that's for the East. That, that's definitely for the East. I mean, yeah. that, that's a huge matchup. I mean, and that's coming off both of their bye weeks, which I thought was interesting. We covered that a little bit last week. Um, but, you know, they're both that, – that game is circled. I mean, they, that, that game is huge. So do we want to quickly yeah. just go over the fact that there are some new players opting out of the season and how that might affect things going forward? So, yeah, uh, already we know that I guess the biggest ones that came out this week were the LSU and the Georgia ones. So LSU's Jamar Chase and Tyler Shelvin opted out. And Jamar Chase, as most people know, was one of the best, if not the best receiver in the country last year. He did win the Bolitnikoff for best receiver last year. So certainly a huge Huge loss for LSU, who's already lost so many people to the draft and graduation this past year. Tyler Shelvin also is a nose tackle that I think some people had said would go in the first round of the draft. So another big loss for LSU, who now if you look at their their roster, I mean, there's not too many names I know, much less guys that could be really good returners. I believe there's something being said about the number of tigers in the wild versus the number of returning players on LSU. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, have Jesus. you guys not seen this? No. no. There's like more tigers in the wild than there are returning players on LSU's team. And it's not like an impressive number. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. That's it was something bad. like that. I know the tigers' numbers How have been going up. tigers in the wild? Play. I would have assumed every year that there is more Tigers in the wild than there are returning dude, LSU. You, dude, Tigers are endangered. Let's see. Well, LSU season is in danger. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that was a good one, Austin. Oh. <laughs> that was off the cuff, too. That was, that was great. <laughs> there are 3,900 Tigers remaining in the wild. What, the, what are y'all looking at? Yeah. I, I, what are you I'm, looking at? Hey, I mean, come I mean, on. Carol Baskins on this case. Carol Baskins. <laughs> I saw Carol Baskins is going to be on Dancing, Dancing with, with the, the Stars. stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Oh god, the yes. oh, Wait, is that? Never mind. We are getting so off topic. No, if she uh if she dances to the uh like, like song that Carol Baskin's like parody someone <laughs> made. That'd be very meta. Must see TV. Must see TV. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, okay, I tell you what's not must see TV is this matchup because I think did you mention that UGA is also losing their quarterback? Yeah, I was getting there eventually when we stopped talking about <laughs> Carol Baskin. Yeah, That's sorry. We uh, right? we're we're up there. Yeah. The the new uh the new News this week, uh, really just this afternoon, is that Jamie Newman, who, I mean, there was so much talk about Jamie Newman being the high, like the shoe-in Heisman winner this year after coming in from Wake Forest. Oof. Uh, and right now he's opted out, and so I guess there's no more talk about him winning the Heisman this season. That never made any sense to me, especially when you consider JT Daniels coming in from Southern Cal as well, which who knows how good he'll be, but... I mean, two guys that that could could have ended up being starters. JT Daniels is still hurt. So, as for who's actually going to play quarterback for the University of Georgia this year, your guess is as good as mine. Is Newman actually supposed to be a first round pick? Like, is he yeah, like that good? That's, that's like an, uh, one of the reasons really? he dropped out just to pre- prepare for the draft. But I think a lot of the, what? the talk about <laughs> him being such a high pick was based off potential rather than actual performance. And so, if you're going to opt out, actually, I heard him. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's going to be all potential and no performance. Yeah, so we've never actually seen him play high level football. But I don't. Know. I I think that really affects his matchup. Then, like before, yeah. I would have probably given the edge to Georgia, but I don't see how like Florida doesn't take it. Like, yeah, they've got a huge advantage at quarterback now. I mean, now I won't I won't sell out with saying Georgia's not going to be good now because I think J T Daniels could still end up being. I mean, he they were very much in a potential future quarterback battle. So if he gets healthy, I would assume he'll probably be good enough for Georgia. And assuming Georgia's defense is still as good as they are projected to be, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think they're, that's just another question mark that comes up for that Georgia offense, though. So it'll be interesting to see. But that obviously that makes this game a little bit potentially tighter. Uh, whether it's Florida or Georgia wins that matchup. I think we'll know a little bit more once we get to that point in the season. Uh, Georgia's early schedule is not too bad. The Tennessee and Alabama games could be tough for them, but I, I, I don't know. I guess at that point we'll probably know more about Georgia and more about Florida. But that's definitely the premier matchup of uh, a week with only a couple games. Um, moving on to the November 14th week. I know uh, Tyler's probably excited as hell for this weekend. Not only, I mean, it's South Carolina Ole Miss, which honestly for this weekend is not a very exciting game, but Alabama and LSU and that game was, it was announced that the masters would go straight in (laughs) to Alabama LSU on CBS. CBS is about to have the greatest lineup of sports ever for a single day. And then, Oh man, that's gonna be a good one. I, I don't know because I have uh, a feeling actually, that the Masters uh, may go over, and then they're gonna have to yeah. take the Masters off for the game, and then he's gonna absolutely be mad. not. Like CBS can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. Like, going allow it. Ryan, he'll allow show it. up at CBS headquarters and protest. No, no, like, <laughs> I'm not. It's not like a biased Homer joke. Like the Masters, like, is in the contract. Like it they means can't more. do that. <laughs> Not necessarily. Sure? I mean, uh, uh, Alabama, LSU. So, I like how the Masters is like greater than like 
Oh, no, no, they're no, no, cutting no. the Masters. How many, no, pe- how many people guys. do you think care about Al- Alabama, LSU versus the Masters? Do you think it's a lot more people? Masters. A lot more people worldwide and in America care about the Masters than, than – The uh, Masters is four days. I, I, I mean, I could, I could maybe say worldwide. Yeah, but, like, getting, in America? Like, picking, uh, I don't know. Outside the Southeast? No. It, trust me, it, it, but I'm not even talking like in the in the TV contract. Like the Masters takes precedence over everything. Like it doesn't matter. Like exactly. I like think it like takes over SEC. the government. It what takes over CBS on SEC? Jesus Christ! No, okay. Number one, guys, and y'all 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 just don't have like every like you just follow the Masters and stuff. You haven't been there. I don't so the TV for ratings for the so Masters, they get something. 10.8 million viewers versus LSU Alabama got 16.6 million viewers. So Well, they were all there, apparently. Everyone who was watching the Masters uh, was there. Listen, first of all, yeah, I'm all pretty sure yeah. Augusta National is more powerful than the United States government. <laughs> I, I'm not even like I think they could I think they could like sneaky do more than them. They probably I, the already do. I, They're the, the ones things I've the seen them do, just in like up close, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> if, if Augusta wants something done, they will get it done better than the and faster than the U.S. government. I can guarantee you. Number one, number two, like I'm not even saying, like I said, I'm not being biased. Like I just don't think contractually, I don't think that they that CBS could cut off the Masters for the for football. Like that contract is so big. Like C, like other other networks have um, have the uh, like SEC football and football in general. No other network has ever broadcasted Saturday and Sunday rounds of the Masters ever. Like CBS started that, well, CBS so they just get their CBS they cannot alternate channel set up because the for Alabama the LSU Alabama game CBS two <laughs> okay well, just just put a pin in this we'll see what happens but they All right. will, well, this is, they will this not is, cut uh, off uh, of that Tyler likes to talk about golf yeah, what like, you get let's, let's uh let's let's move on what happened back yeah, to this I mean, he's, he's met his quota at this point right <laughs> you know what else is happening that week boys I'll be back Oh wow! Oh, uh, <laughs> Tyler's least favorite thing of the weekend. <laughs> does, does Austin's arrival cut into coverage of the Masters? Yeah, I will be actually on. I will also be on CBS at about twelve o'clock. Graduation! <laughs> thank you very much. There you go. But other other notable games this weekend, uh, I guess Arkansas, Florida. Not, that's I said notable games, so maybe I should have started with a different <laughs> one there, but. Auburn and Mississippi State, and then what else yeah. we got here? Georgia, got a little Georgia, Missouri. We've got a Kentucky Vanderbilt, and then obviously we mentioned South Carolina, Ole Miss, and I think probably the second best matchup this weekend is going to be that Texas A&M Tennessee game. I know we mentioned a little bit about the the rare matchups between the East and the West. I feel like A&M and Tennessee don't play very often, so that that's one I, I think that could be a pretty even matchup, uh, depending on where we are at that point in the season. But definitely a really, really good week for sports uh, on November 14th. Seems seems fitting that the Alabama-LSU game would be that weekend. It, it's always that kind of early November slot once we know a little bit about the teams. But uh, outside of that, three weeks to go, we've got the November 21st week, Alabama against Kentucky, Arkansas against LSU, Auburn against Tennessee, Florida versus Vandy, We've got Georgia against Mississippi State, and we have South Carolina against Missouri. 
And well, that, that's that's pretty solid week as well. I mean, we're, we're getting a little bit close to Thanksgiving. So obviously the following week is your quote unquote faux rivalry week. But this week we've got some. It's, it's a rivalry week. It's just not the same. I mean, that's what faux. Well, <laughs> 90% of the teams have a rivalry. The other teams don't. Yeah, like it's a it's a rivalry week. It's just not the traditional. It's just rivalry. not a, it's just it's, it's, just, it's a little bit fake, right? It's just faux. But like, but it's like it's still a real rivalry. Faux. Okay, let's faux. talk about the twenty first week first, and then we'll get to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But I think uh, the Alabama Kentucky game. I mean, Kentucky's got a lot of hype going into the season, and I think they catch Alabama if any time. Catching them after the LSU game is a good week. I, I still think Alabama will roll them because I just don't believe in Kentucky at this point. Huh, but nice if, if if some of the if some of the the preseason hype with Kentucky is rolling and you know they catch Alabama at a good time, so who knows? That could happen. Will that they was, that roll was the game them? Hell no, never. Get the f- get out of here. But that was one of the uh, I guess <laughs> one of the more intriguing of the additional SEC games that they announced very late on. But then we've got the Missouri-South Carolina game, which, you know, always, always a big game for us. And uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of really good games that weekend. I mean, Georgia-Mississippi yeah. State, LSU-Arkansas. Auburn-Tennessee is a pretty good one. I'll, I'll give it that. I, yeah. I that yeah, that's going to be in Jordan Hare, too. That's going to be a fun one. Well, I guess Ole Miss A&M has the potential to be decent. Yeah, that one could be, could be decent. I bet you it'll be more entertaining than it looks on paper. Oh, uh, I mean, we're we're yeah. we're talking. I mean, we're talking SEC football. Eight games so, like, in, it's, seven, it's eight games in. You're you're gonna have teams that expect to be good to be good, and it's gonna have good products. So, yeah, and the Auburn Auburn Tennessee game could be a must win for Auburn, depending on how well yes. they've been doing. You know, the Alabama LSU game just happened, so I mean, that could be like a you especially know, when you consider the Iron Bowl being just a week. Away. I mean, yeah, man, right, right. Auburn's. Auburn's scheduled toward the end. Yeah, that last, play, that last three game stretch. They got to play Tennessee, Alabama, and A and M. But yeah. I guess when you look at their yeah, schedule in total, they they got to play Kentucky, Georgia, and, and honestly, LSU the first five games. I'm so. I'm more worried about the Tennessee and A and M games than I am the Alabama game because I think they're going to focus so much on the last part of the season on beating Alabama that they're going to go into Tennessee or A and M and be ready, but not ready enough, and then get upset, and then it's just it's all going to be for naught. Yeah, which is those are the games y'all, y'all need to win. Which is always, you feel like that's always the story with Auburn. They beat, like, Georgia, or they'll beat Alabama, and then, like, they'll lose the SEC championship or do something dumb. So I, I, of, I'm worried about of, those. A lot of unknown in Auburn right now. So I, I think that that week one against Kentucky should, be, should tell us a lot, and then obviously they play Georgia the week after. So not a great schedule for them. But we'll know a lot about Auburn by by this point in the season. Moving on to our, our kind of somewhat, as Tyler called it, it's a real rivalry week. We've got the <laughs> Alabama-Auburn Iron Bowl. We've got Arkansas and Missouri. We've got Florida and Kentucky, which, yeah, that's that's not really a rivalry for me. But I, I guess they have had decent games. They the, do the consider each other half. rivals, I believe. That's the last like five years have been competitive. But then we have South Carolina and Georgia. We've got LSU and Texas A&M. And then the Egg Bowl with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And then Tennessee and Vanderbilt. So what, what are we I'm looking forward here? to the Leach versus Kiffin press, call, uh, press oh, call. man. Oh, yeah. So now that we're on this week, let me clarify what I was saying by it's not a faux rivalry week. 14 uh-huh. teams in the league, okay, or the league. The league has much chance to say it. Like, he always says it weird, like the league. 
Sounds like almost trying to say leg in the leg. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Listen What's to a happening? press conference and watch him say the word this league. podcast. <laughs> anyway, so out of the 14 teams in the league, you got 10 of them playing their traditional slot in this game. And then the other four that are basically missing their ACC counterpart, which is Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, they're all playing each other. And like you said, I, it, Florida, Kentucky isn't necessarily like a big rivalry, but the last couple of years there's been like a lot of heat between the two because Kentucky's had a shot a couple of times and then they finally beat them uh, at least once or twice. So like this was a competitive game, so there's some fire there. And then Georgia and, and, and Carolina are like each other's number two or number three rival, you know, depending on, you know, how the season goes. So like it is a rivalry week. It's just, you know, it's not the same traditional rivalry week, but there's still – Great games and the same. It's also right at the same time that normally is. Like this is right. Oh, it's the same exact week. Like it is Thanksgiving weekend. Like this would be rivalry week. This would be the last game of the season. You know, this is when we were playing Clemson or anything else otherwise. And this would be the same weekend that Alabama be playing Auburn and all the other games would be going on. It's just it has a little bit different look, but I wouldn't call it a fake rivalry week by any means. But yeah, the the games we have this weekend are definitely one of the best weeks of the season. Definitely with uh, it being the Thanksgiving weekend, it, it kind of it, it'll have the, the feel of a normal rivalry week in a very non-normal season. Uh, but definitely some games I'm looking forward to there. Really, I mean, there's not a whole lot of bad matchups this week, if if any. I mean, even Arkansas yeah. and Zoo are they're they're the lower end teams, but I mean those games should be should be pretty decent. And then you know, Tennessee and Vandy. Tennessee's not going to overlook Vandy. I mean, they've they've lost to him more the last you know couple of years. I still don't think it'll be it'll be close, but you know, you never know. I, I, no, I, I like mean, the, I like that slate. Rivalry matchup. week. There's no such thing as a bad matchup in a rivalry week. I mean, it doesn't matter it, when you get to that week. Everything on paper goes out the window. You meet on the field and you and you let it go out. I mean, the season that we went three and nine, that was the most competitive that we've been against Clemson in years. And we were three and nine and Clemson was that on their way to their well, first title it wasn't game? years at that point, but well, you know, and, and, and so looking at sitting right now, that was the last time like we only lost that game by like what five points? Five points, but there was a garbage time touchdown. So okay. it wasn't really five so, points. I mean but I mean outside of maybe you can make the argument of two thousand and uh two thousand and eighteen against them uh, with uh, um, when Jake went off for like five touchdowns. That was, I guess, competitive in a sense. But like that one was too. Like we, I mean, we were still like, we looked like a like a competent team. But like it, if you watch that game, you wouldn't think we were three. We didn't nine. get embarrassed. Is no. So, I mean, you, t- you take a robbery week and you throw it out the window. I mean, everything on paper, throw it out, put them on the field, and then you play the games. And normally we do get smashed by Clemson, but that's how it is right now. Um. But, I mean, it's it's a fun week. It is going to be a fun week. And then a really weird week follows it with the final week of the SEC season on December 5th. We've got Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, A&M, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, LSU, and Ole Miss, and Mississippi State and Missouri. So some, some different matchups there. Obviously, I, I think a couple jump off the page to me. Uh, I'm looking forward to that Florida-Tennessee matchup and the Auburn A&M games, both of which I think all of those teams are currently ranked. I think Tennessee's like on the on the edge of being ranked, but could be could be some big matchups toward the end of the year. Because I mean, if Georgia is in 
having the chance to be the SEC East champion, this is basically a bye week for him against Vandy. So it, a lot of pressure could be on those teams vying for that SEC East crown, whether it be Florida, Tennessee, we'd like to think South Carolina would have a chance in the, and Kentucky, of course. So placements for the SEC East will certainly be on the line. I think you could say the same with, uh, with the West, with A&M and Auburn. But uh, overall, I think some decent matchups this week. It's definitely going to be weird after the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl and South Carolina and Georgia to have these games. But, I mean, at this point, who knows? Those matchups could be massively important there. Yeah, especially with Auburn coming right out of the Iron Bowl. Um, I thought about this a little bit earlier with the Tennessee game. Like, the A&M game could be kind of sneaky uh, for yep. them. You know, they, they don't want to let their guard down there, especially if they end up beating Alabama, which is totally possible. Um, you don't want to turn around and end up losing to A&M there. So that could don't be Don't remind ball. me. We're already anxious <laughs> about this game. <laughs> <laughs> that Kentucky game, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to as well. Because yeah, definitely. I mean, same thing with Florida. Florida could end up needing to win that game too. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, like all games are must win. It's like the end of the season. You really don't want to win lose this week. Well, do do we want to talk about who, what games are must win games for the teams that could go on to the SEC championship? Because I mean. There's really only a few teams that I feel like could make it. Yeah, so the 12-5, December 5th is usually, what, one week after the end of the regular season is also usually usually the SEC championship date, right? It's usually just one week away, I think. But this yeah. year, it's been announced that December 19th, so two weeks after the final week of the regular season, will be the SEC championship. Obviously pretty far away, and we'll get there when uh, we get there. Does that, does that have to do with keeping with, up with – the ACC in their 11 week season? Not sure. Not sure about that. Um, I think, I think the idea was that maybe the 12th could be a, like a makeup game date. If, uh, if that's necessary. smart. Yeah. So, but what, what do y'all think about, about who's going to win the East and the West? I mean, we're, we're going to end up doing our week by week predictions and that'll eventually get a clear picture as it goes through the season. But, but right now I think with the news today, I, I'm going to go with Florida out of the East, and I, I think Alabama will will win the West. But I don't know what anybody else is thinking. Yeah, maybe we do it. I'm also going to take Florida winning the East with uh, Georgia's quarterback situation kind of being iffy and not really knowing who's going to be the star. I mean, I think it's going to be JT Daniels, but um, with them still kind of being indecisive over there. Florida has Trask. They kind of know what their offense is going to be. Um, and then Bama is just Bama. I, I think Auburn lost too much. I think they can be competitive for sure. I'm just going to have to give uh, – sorry, sorry, Marino. i got to give the edge to Bama here. Uh, I want to no. say Florida versus Alabama. Yeah, I think I think the East is definitely a little bit easier to predict. Where the West, it's harder to predict, but there's definitely, like, I would say only three teams that are there, which is Alabama, Auburn, and LSU. And like you said, Auburn lost a lot of their defense. and They lost a lot of their everything. I mean, yeah, they lost they lost it, but that that defensive line was made up of, like, a ton of seniors. And, of course, they like three of them went in the first round in that defense. And LSU, I mean, they've lost a ton of people. They lost a lot of coaches. So those teams Everybody. are up in the air. And I mean, Alabama lost Tua, but Alabama doesn't really rebuild ever. Yeah, uh, Alabama, Alabama's year. never really like. In, in, what's the last like, in the Saban era? Yeah, that you know the name of at Alabama? Like yeah. they've won national championships with quarterbacks that I can't even tell you the name They'll of. Pull right out now. like a bag boy that worked at the freaking Win Dixie and. To like be honest, I've touched. All right, let's not, I, like, I like Auburn's quarterback situation <laughs> better than 
pretty much anyone else's, but I just think Alabama as a team is just going to be better, which is why I would give them the edge over Auburn. Um, I don't know if Auburn can replace in that one year what they lost to the NFL. So that's that's I where I think it I all go. comes down to the quarterback. Yeah, I think it all comes down to Bo Nix. If he can, if he can really improve this year and and be the quarterback people think he's going to be, I think they have a chance. Um, but it's a lot of pressure on that position. Clayton, what are you saying for this? What, what I think I think Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, I, I know I even mean, with Georgia quarterback problems. I it's, think it's Florida it's and Georgia good. in the East. So that's about it. I, I'm gonna gonna throw this out there. I don't think it happens, but not Kentucky. A and M. I think A and M. I think A and M has enough returning and the least number of question marks. Uh, I could see them being. I can never just give it to A and M because they are always so hyped and they yeah. never deliver. And yeah, I Jimbo Fisher. I just can't with Jimbo. Jimbo. He every like it seems like the past. I mean, he had a great year with FSU with Jameis Winston and that crew, but. Outside of that, he had some pretty bad flops, and he's not done too well with Texas A&M. So I, I don't know. What do you mean they went seven and five? They were the best seven and five team ever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I do, I do think the statement that they're the best seven and five team ever is probably true, but yeah, they, they still went schedule. seven and five. Yeah, yeah it's. I'm pissed they didn't beat Clemson either of those two years is what I'm pissed. Yeah, screw oh, them. Man, they had the opportunity right yeah. there too. But at the same time, Texas a and like they are a good dark horse pick, especially because there's so many unknowns. Uh, you know, they could have, you know, a, a case of COVID sweep through the Alabama locker room on – Which they've uh, already had. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and then, you know, no Why one's there to problem. play. Yeah, so – but I mean, there, there's a lot to look at at A&M. You know, they always are, you know, the preseason – favorite to look at and one you know one of those years they might just do it but i don't necessarily see it happening i don't have a lot of faith in that team in jimbo uh outside of you know when he had like a generational group of talent at florida state that one year for for the east i still think it's going to be georgia coming out of there just because i think their quarterback question marks were like two really good options i think and so one is it's just making it easier to make that pick now uh, I know he's going to be a young guy, but we've seen Georgia make a national championship game with a freshman quarterback in the last couple of years. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. Well, I am worried, but I'm not, I'm not going to really doubt Georgia in that sense there. And then I, I really just think Alabama is going to be the the logical pick coming out of the West. Uh, it sounds just beat down and run down and you know tired, but uh, especially in a season like this, where I mean, I just don't think that um, that. Gus over there is going to be able to get the job done in a lot of the high pressure games that they're going to be in. Sorry, Marino. Uh, I do like Gus Malzon. There's something about him I do like, but uh, he's just got such a tough schedule that I don't think he's going to be able to, you know, pull through enough to make it happen. Uh, LSU, is, it, LSU's just lost everybody, and then anybody that's supposed to be a productive guy just seems maybe like they're just taking off the season this year. So I just can't put a lot of money on LSU. For this right now, and then I think A and M could be a dark horse, but I think there's going to be so much more to, that goes right um, than is going to be likely impossible. So I mean, this Alabama is just Alabama's been next guy up for so long. Like we've seen them reload, reload, reload. They're just an absolute unit, and I just think it's going to be another situation of that this year. And uh, I mean, they don't need the best quarterback, you know, generational talent at quarterback to succeed, and they've shown it time and time again. And I think it's just going to be the Alabama show there in the West. I'll just going to say it real quick because I, I didn't say it, uh, but 
I'll just say Florida and Auburn because I, I have to go with Auburn. So what you meant to say is South Carolina versus Auburn because you have to, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> True. South Carolina and Auburn. True yeah, definitely. Come out. <laughs> but yeah. You, I mean, it cornered me there. I feel like as we're getting closer to the season, we're we're getting so many more question marks with injuries, with opt-outs. So as we're sitting now, a little bit less than four weeks away from the season. I'm wondering if there may still be some uh, opt-outs. What do you mean? There was college there. football this week. We're, we're already playing. Hey, hey. First game of the season, baby. And I already lost betting money, betting on college football. I I made a comeback, and now, you know, I was doing well, but I, I lost. Until football started, what and did, then he's going to What zero. did I do? So I, I do want to say, too, um, you know, Matt was Mr. Redaction last week. I did look it up and it's Austin P. I don't know where I've been my entire life thinking it was I did Austin P. A. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, comes out. Out. <laughs> uh, but I, I think other than the, I mean, the game was was pretty solid. I watched most of it, um, but NBA was on as well. I would have bet. How did Austin P. lose that game? Like they just seemed like the better team on the field. When I they they scored a touchdown to start the game and then really didn't do anything else on offense the pretty much the entire rest of the game but yeah, i guess so but yeah. it just seemed like it just seemed like they were still the better team over central arkansas yeah i don't know it's funny with central arkansas is actually they're they've only got three games on their schedule and so they played this game and now they're playing tomorrow night another game and so i think they they the big thing coming out of this game a there were no covid cases coming from it and b Central Arkansas should be ranked higher than Clemson in a couple of weeks because <laughs> I'm just playing, but I think it is kind of cool that Central Arkansas no, is like they, they really want they really want uh, teams on their schedule. Like their coach, at, I think during the game was like, "Yeah, we we've only got three games on the schedule and two of them are in five days, so we're gonna play That's football." That's insane. Myrtle Beach Prep, <laughs> get it on that schedule, but. From from what I I feel like I have pretty positive opinions of Central Arkansas. I don't have positive opinions about our flop of the week, the Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, as the Big Ten is now rumored to have a ten game season starting October tenth. After all the drama that started last month, early August, when the Big Ten canceled and said they were moving on. Go ahead and bite the bullet early and try to get in in the spring. Well, now they, Rutgers, Illinois, Maryland, and Northwestern have said pretty much that they're out no matter what. But we've seen a massive amount of pressure that we've kind of been following over the last few weeks with the We Want to Play movement, with all of the parents and even the president of the United States putting pressure on the Big Ten. So flop of the week goes to Kevin Warren because, you know, Maybe you shouldn't have stepped in with the big boys and tried to make this <laughs> early prediction that, you know, oh, let's not even give college football a chance. And, you know, for that, you're you're our flop of the week this week, Kevin Warren, because now, now look at you. He's on the now hot seat now. Yeah. This is only his first year, too, isn't it? Yeah. And he, he he's a really. Great- He's a rookie, and he overstepped his boundaries. That's what happened. Wow. Now now he's being pressured back in. 
at this point, he, he doesn't even – for me, he can't have a career after this. I, I don't think he's still <laughs> – I mean, come on. You, you tried to make this big, big boy pants decision, and now you're just getting bullied back down into making the correct decision, which I think is giving it – at least giving it time like the other conferences. But I don't know what y'all are thinking about that. But I, I think I think the Big Ten kind of revolted against him, and, and the teams and the parents and the players, they won this – this by the end of the disagreement. Well, now that I understand that he's, it's his first year, it makes sense because, you know, I can tell that probably the coaches and, and people in higher positions know that he's inexperienced and they're, they realize we have just about as much say as he does with his position. Uh, so might as well do a push to see if we can get the season going. And there was just enough voices to, and enough pitchforks and everything to get that moved. Uh, so I don't know, like, I don't know what's worse. Like if I'm in that position, do I like go with my guns and like continue on the road I'm at, even if I know I'm wrong. So like, I, I have the strength to say like, Hey, I'm the commissioner. You have to listen to me. Or is it worse that he like flipped back and now he looks like really bad. And like, like you said, like I could see him losing his job for it. Like that's pretty bad for you to like flip flop like that, like within a month. I think he probably his best bet is just to put it behind him and embrace the season, like embrace that he, he tried. He can probably True. find a way to spin it correctly, but if he embraces just having the season, if it works, and kind of following what these other conferences have done, I think he he will be fine. Because you know, it is his first year. Like he's probably honestly not getting fired for it, but it, it it is how he responds. So he's the flop of the week now. But you know, Kevin Warren, I was a little harsh on you. Make make the right moves going forward, and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but back to, him losing his job to now you being like, yeah, you're all right. I felt a little bad. Yeah, but, it is, it I mean, he is just a rookie at the end of the day. And especially in your first year, but he does look like, I mean, he just, he looks so incompetent and unable to do what he's going to do. Um, but I mean, it's good that he's coming back. Uh, I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about like all the stuff that was really going into why, like you're seeing the big 10 come back. And you're also not really seeing the Pac-12 come back on the same noise over there, uh, which is really interesting. And I don't really want to get into it too much because it involves a lot of like. Because no one cares about the Pac-12. Yeah, honestly, anyways, I think, I think it's just the the pressure because like you don't see all the the players and the parents at least not nearly to the scale that it has, and also the fact that the Pac-12 is just not that good. I yeah, mean, exactly. No one cares about the Pac-12. That yeah, all, in, yeah. all my statement encompasses all of this. This finally yeah, proves it for everyone. They were talking on the radio. Like, the the Pac-12, like none of the players care that they're not playing. None of the coaches care. None of the ads care. They're just sitting back. When the Big Ten, like it was like they made this decision, and every coach, player, fan, uh, you know, ad is like, what the hell? Like we want to play. And uh, except for Rutgers, Illinois, Maryland, and Northwestern, but who, who's counting them? Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they, I mean, did, did they count in the first place? Yeah, did they really uh, count? Those were damn. just bye weeks. Yeah, and then uh, and so and, you know, and then the president get involved, and there's a whole can of thing about why he did that, really, and why he's not doing it at the Pac-12. So, um, I mean, it's a really interesting, and it doesn't it makes complete sense of why all the noise is here. I mean, I think they're going to have to come back. I mean, it's just there's so much going on. Yeah, as as we get a little closer, uh, college football talk is in the air. There's more kind of games this weekend, so I, I guess I'll, I'll definitely probably be watching them. But as we get closer, I think the the other the ACC schedule starts just two weeks from now, right? Sure. 
think September 12th, uh, I want to say, is when those games start. So we'll be watching those, I guess. But September 26th is what we got, what we got that we're looking forward to most. But uh, I think we can go ahead and get into quick hits here for the different sports leagues. So if we, we, we good there, Austin, you want to start us off with the NFL? Yeah, of course. So not only do we have college football, we do have the NFL. They will be starting September 10th. That is the Chiefs and Texans. That game is still on. It's uh, September. It, it, that's this month. That's yeah, the, we're here. That, that's, 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 that's close. That's finally. Eight days. Eight days. We'll have football, ladies and gentlemen. Eight days. Man, real professional football. football with teams that you know how to pronounce. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know where they are and all that, too. So. Um, yeah, so that'll be eight days from now. We'll have the Chiefs versus the Texans. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs just had their ring ceremony. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw all those things, but they are nice. Uh, there's like rubies all over it, diamonds, your typical NFL go big, go home kind of rings. Um, so they had that the other day. They looked really nice. Those were um, huge. Yeah, they're massive. <laughs> Absolutely well, massive. I haven't seen when was this you said? This was yesterday. If you, if, you, if you just type in like Chief Super Bowl rings on Twitter, you'll see. It was see on someone's nice. pinky finger, so it made it look bigger, but it was. It was oh, yeah, I love when they do that. Shout out like, to our Gamecocks that got their rings yesterday. Uh, Fenton yes, Chris, and, uh, and Lamont's. Yeah. Yep, so congratulations. They were flaunting it too um, on, on Twitter. It was kind of funny, but I don't blame them. I mean, like I said, those rings are nice. They got rubies and diamonds, and it's it's really, really what I, what I would expect nonetheless from Super Bowl uh, ring. So that, that went. Uh, really well. Um, it was closed stadium. It was just to the team. I think typically they allow fans to that kind of thing, but obviously with COVID, that was it was a closed ceremony. Still pretty cool though. Um, so that's that's going through uh, a big addition today. So yesterday also the Jaguars released uh, starting running back Leonard Fournette. He had ju- he really just now just signed with the Buccaneers. So Brady with more weapons and no excuses. God damn. Yeah. Uh, the the Buccaneers just are keep on, on down, the Bucks and then they are they, they are in now. That's that's the only way to play. They're in win now. They just so signed him to a one year, I think three million dollar deal, something like that. Dude, their cap space is going to be so busted in the next. Oh lives. yeah, it will. Yeah. Well, like I said, most of their offense consists of guys that are either on like a one or two year deal or about to run out. So um, it's that's it's true. it's win now mode. It's win now mode. Brady's only got two years, so let's do what they can. Uh, but that, that's a huge addition. Ronald Jones, I don't know if it's the guy. Shady's old now, so they needed kind of that power back they can count on. If Fournette does what he did his rookie year, you know, has another thousand yard season, that's that'll take a lot of weight off Brady's shoulders. So I think that's a good addition. Speaking of running backs, Kalen Balage was traded to the Jets, the rare interdivision trade. Never see a lot of those, uh, but that well, fell through. <laughs> he failed his fell physical, through. right? Yeah, he failed his physical. So the Jets will not have to give up a seventh, and the Dolphins will not have to. Um, well, I'll just release him basically. So Jets will probably end up getting him for free without giving us the seventh. Darn, need like more to picks. hear it. Yeah, All a so, part of um, Joe Douglas's plan. That's right. But we did actually trade Raekwon McMillan, uh, our one of our starting linebackers, for a fourth to the Raiders. Uh, so that's that's good for us. He was a good linebacker, but he's only good in the in the run stopping, not very good at pass coverage. And Flores comes from the Belichick line, where you need to be a little bit more diverse in what you do. So I get it. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, Brian Edwards looks like he'll have a uh, starting job there. They've got so Tyrell Williams went down with an injury. I believe it was a shoulder, if I remember correctly. So uh, Edwards should be wide receiver one. Awesome. Uh, to be honest. So I'm a, a big thing from but him. But they drafted or, a couple other receivers. Rugs. They do have rugs. So Edwards will okay. probably be two. And, and, and um, Renfro is still going to be starting? Yes. Renfro will probably oh, be in the that's slot. That's interesting. So that, I mean, nice little Carolina Clemson. There. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. So, um, yeah, with Rugs, Edwards, and uh, Renfro, that shouldn't be 
that should be an interesting combo there. And then um, just some releases today. Mohamed Sanu, along the lines with the Fournette, he got released by the Pats. So they were actually front runners to land Fournette as well, but the Bucks scooped him up, which I'd rather the Bucks have him than the Pats. Yeah, thank God. Um, that offense, I don't... Uh, that Pats offense looked a little shaky. I thought Sanu could have contributed a little bit. I'm um, so happy. But whoever's going to be quarterbacking there, probably Cam at this point. He's been having the best camp so far. He's the most hyped of the. I, I want to talk camp. about Cam for a second. I'm taking over this part of the quick hits because Uh-oh. everybody is hyping up Cam like on ESPN and everybody, and they're like, Cam's such Trash. a hard worker. Like he's the first one in, last one out. He's going over to all his wide receivers. Look at him making all doing all this great chemistry and everything. And f- you guys, because he was doing all this. In the while he was at Trash. Carolina, but he got hardly any of the attention, and just because he's on the Patriots now, he's getting all of this attention. Cam has been a great guy from the beginning, and all the people that hate Cam just don't know anything about him, and it really triggers me the people that talk so much <laughs> shit about Cam Newton because he is a great guy, and although he got hurt and didn't play the best the past few years, he's still a great person. I really want him to do well, even if he's with the Patriots. Well, Jared's going to start anyway. <laughs> and he he immediately got there, and then every then Cam Newton wins the starting job super easily, and everybody's like a sh- shocked Pikachu, and I'm like, what do you like? What do you mean? Uh, uh, the MVP easily won over Jarrett Stidham he and some other like five interceptions. Too. Like, uh, w- uh, why is anybody surprised yeah. at this? Uh, like, Stidham looked bad from what I heard. Yeah, the people I, I, I that were too. surprised the, the, by this, I just you, you guys just don't know anything about football. <laughs> the receiving core there is nothing to be proud of, though. I mean, that is a ragtag. I mean, it's Edelman's gonna getting up there. It's yeah, it's it's not looking good. Okay, that was my uh, my rant of the week. Oh, it was good. I enjoyed that one. I've been waiting for you uh, to get on cam a little bit. I'm excited for that Fitzpatrick Newton matchup week one. Um, and actually, speaking of that game, uh, it has been True. announced that Jim Nance and Tony Romo are taking that game, so that will be prime time. Hell, I will yeah. get to watch the Dolphins before I leave. Boys. That's awesome. So, um, win or lose, at least I get to watch them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried. So I feel confident going into that game more so than I usually do, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. That closes up the NFL quick hits. Uh, like I said, we are eight days away from kickoff. I'm so excited. I get to at least watch week one. Bad teaser, but I get to watch it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll go right into the MLB, which is there's not too much going on. I'm just going to go over one of the big games that happened yesterday. The Giants beat the Colorado Rockies 23 to five. I think they scored every inning. That was pretty insane. I think I think earlier in the month, the Rockies are like, we have a feeling September is going to be our month. And then everyone was like, yeah, about that. <laughs> so they got kind of, they got trolled pretty hard yesterday. Um, the trade le- deadline just happened for the MLB. The Padres made a nine player trade for Indians. Mike Clevinger um, Padres traded away six players for two of Cleveland's guys, uh, including Mike there and uh, a third to be named later. Um, and the Mets, my team, the Mets are going to met. Um, they're playing the uh, the Baltimore Orioles. I think the series is tied right now. We lost the first game, and then we just won tonight. Um, so me and Tyler are watching that game adamantly. I don't. I think that there are only two games. Is there only two games? Yeah, I I feel like we only play two times this year. That's weird. Yeah, it is, but it's just that's how it is. So yeah, no I mean, bragging rights for any of us really. Uh, that's fine. I'll I'll take I'll take a tie. That's all right. Um, no. <laughs> Ties are for soccer. 
The Orioles have an open date tomorrow. Meet us at Camden Yards at 12 o'clock. <laughs> We're going to even this bitch out. We'll give you COVID. Chill. <laughs> I'm sure there's still a player who has it. That's a real uh, threat. That, that is. That's a biological Not if you're warfare. Cousins, or... but okay. <laughs> um, regardless of how the season goes for the Mets, I know that at this point, it is it is almost absolutely confirmed that Stephen Cohen will buy the Mets from the Wilpon family which I cannot be happier for because the Wilpons have dragged this team into the dirt for the past 20-plus years. So I think Stephen Cohen and the A-Rod Investment Group, which A-Rod and his wife J-Lo, you know, and, and the guys they're with are going to buy, I think I think the team is valued for $2.35 billion, which I'm even surprised that the Mets are valued that much. Um, is there a New so, York team? Yeah, I know. I mean, the Knicks are also like the most valued basketball team too, which makes because they're a New York team and they play in the most famous. Arena I, in the I world. agree. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Um, Shall so we go on? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's some good news, at least to look forward to the end of the season. But just came out like as we were recording, Tom Seaver, uh, one of the all-time great Hall of Fame pitchers for the Mets, just died. Um, he was dealing with dementia. I think he retired from public life, which is what I guess that's the thing that celebrities say they do when they, you know, can no longer be in front of people. I think we put a statue in front of City Field and named the street that City Field is on to Seaver Way. So, I mean, he was a big part of the team, big part of this organization. Um, so it's rest in peace, Tom Seaver. Um, really, really hard for a lot of diehard Mets fans for sure. Um, so ending on a pretty somber note, but uh, there's a lot to go on in other leagues, especially the NBA which Matt, I'm sure, will be able to talk a lot about. Yeah, as we go toward the NBA, last night, the Jazz and the Denver Nuggets had quite the Game 7. Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray had quite the battle leading up to this game, and both of them kind of flopped last night in a game that was 80-78 to with a Mike Conley three-pointer just falling short, but the Denver Nuggets would prevail in a 4-3, to three, they win the last three games, so the Jazz did blow a 3-1 lead, which is sad, but a really entertaining series. I think Denver was probably the more talented team, but certainly yeah. certainly something that, like, I was looking forward to every one of those games. There's so much young talent on both of those on both of those rosters, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how they... It's a low-scoring game. Like, that's yeah, something that I noticed about scoring, it. Especially since you could, like, if you'd watched the previous six games... Mitchell and Murray just couldn't miss. I mean, they were scoring like 40 points a game themselves, and then both were kind of off, and the rest of the teams kind of, I guess, were so used to their stars going off that when when they started missing, that neither team could really score, and it, it did end up finishing on a, on a missed shot. So if that shot had gone, gone down, that would have been incredible. But Mike Conley struggled in that game, only hit a couple shots. It was like, I want to say somewhere around three for 15. But, you know, that's about average for most of the players on both teams. So it, it was an entertaining game and an entertaining series for sure. Uh, one we, we might see again in the future is those, those guys are, are young stars. But as for the other series going to Game 7, Game 7 on right now, tied up between Houston and OKC. This series has also been highly contested. I honestly thought Houston was going to run away with this one after taking the 2-0 lead, but Chris Paul and uh, the Thunder have battled back. That combined with the Rockets kind of living and dying by the three, that's right. Uh, and and they've been more so dying by it the last couple of games. Westbrook coming back off his injury has, as if anything, only hurt the Rockets. As I mean, the last <laughs> game he had a, he had a tough, tough turnover 
with a chance to win the game and just threw the ball straight out of bounds. And as, as me and Austin were talking about it, Westbrook, no matter what happens, he, he's still helping out the Thunder one way or the other. So I love Austin right. just laughing. And hurting the Rockets. And hurting the Rockets. I, I This is great. This is honestly great. I hate the Rockets, so this is just even better. But those two being the, I guess, the, the most important series right now as they're going to the Game 7 currently with OKC and Houston. So we won't, we won't have the result of that just yet as they're tied in the second quarter right now. But uh, by the time this comes out, I guess we'll, we'll know who wins there. I know Austin's a big Thunder fan, so he's pulling them through. Uh, the Thunder really, to me, are one of the – I they have talent, but when you look at the talent of some of the teams that they're playing against and they're around, I, I think there's no surprise that they had such a small chance of making the playoffs going in. The fact that they're here in Game 7 against Houston, who I think should beat them just based off of some of the stars they have alone, it, it's pretty exciting to see, so I, I kind of hope the Thunder – find a way to, to pull pull that one out. Yeah, I mean we had we had like a two percent chance to make it. So the fact that like you said we're here in game seven with the roster that we have, basically it's Chris Paul. It's it's Chris Paul. Um this is a testament to Billy Donovan and what kind of what he's done here. And I I'm gonna be really quick, but all the draft picks that we've stockpiled to, we can only go up from here, literally. So yeah, absolutely I think they kind of when you talk about young and up and coming teams, you think more so of the other matchup that we already talked about with the jazz and the nuggets but the thunder could be there maybe maybe a little bit behind just in in actual talent they have right now but when you look at future assets austin's all about the teams with future assets so we'll, we'll see right, how right. that goes the other series we got the heat just finished up and took a 2-0 lead over the bucks very surprising there i will say i did think the bucks were a little overrated and they are kind of Giannis and everyone else but it looks like the Bucks have have kind of shown their flaws here, and, and the Heat are taking advantage of it. Jimmy Butler's looking really good. They're out to a 2-0 lead. The Celtics are also out to a 2-0 lead over the Raptors. So the, the East continues just to have some series that are not close. Even when you thought these series would be close, I think the Raptors and Celtics, as well as the Bucks Heat, are, are pretty evenly matched teams. But we'll, we'll see if there's some comebacks there, but... East looking again like there, there's not a whole lot of competition. Uh, over to the West, obviously, we talked about the Nuggets pulling it out. They'll play against the Clippers, and I, I think the Clippers are, are probably going to win this one pretty heavily. BPI on ESPN gives it 78% for the Clippers. And then the, the Lakers finished out the Blazers and will play the winner of this game seven currently on. But I, I would imagine the Lakers probably have a pretty decent chance of beating either Houston or OKC as well. So uh, next week we'll we'll know a little bit more about those West and East series and and what the final few teams may may look like, but that's about it I guess for the NBA. One last point I wanted to mention that I, I talked a bit about last week, but it was more a little skeptical. Now that there's actually been a little bit of talk about Don Staley kind of listening to calls from the Sixers and it being her home team and everything. While I think coaching for South Carolina would probably be her best bet moving forward. I mean, to be a head coach for the Sixers would be a pretty incredible thing. So I guess she's hearing, hearing calls there. I still ultimately don't think anything comes out of it, but something for the NBA and for South Carolina fans, keep an eye on moving forward uh, as the NBA kind of finishes up. But I, I just thought that was interesting that this is the second, second week in a row that there's been a little bit of news about it. So I wanted to mention just a little bit, Nothing concrete, but that's about all I got.
uh, as for the NBA? Yeah, so we continue with our NHL recap. We're on to week four. We are still on to round two, but some of the teams are done. Um, in the East, number four Bruins was the number two Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning took the series four to one. On Monday, they finished off the Bruins three to two in a double overtime win. Victor Hedman scored the game winner there. The Lightning are now five and zero oh on overtime wins this postseason, and that continues back from the Columbus Blue Jackets five overtime games. So it doesn't look like that fatigue really affected them like I thought it would there. They're moving through this pretty well. They're looking like a juggernaut team right now. They're going on to play the winner of the Flyers Islanders series after that. Speaking of that, number one Flyers versus number seven Islanders. The series is three to two Islanders lead. On Tuesday, the Flyers won four to three in overtime. They're just barely hanging on at this point with a redirect goal from Scott Lofton to win that game. Um, it's been a scrappy series. Again, they've been. They had the better record, but this Islanders team is just overpowering them in a lot of ways. The Flyers had a 2-0 lead into the first period and then blew the lead, but were able to come back into the overtime and end up finishing that off and staying alive. So I think whoever wins that series, it's going to be a fun one against the Lightning. Again, two scrappy teams against a really, really top dominant Lightning team. It's going to be a good one there. Uh, and then for the West, we got the number two Avalanche versus the number three Stars. The Stars lead that series 3-2 to two, with the Colorado Avalanche winning on Monday 6-3. to three. The Avalanche scored five goals in the first period, which is pretty... Uh, this Avalanche team has been really hot and on offense, so it's not really surprising, but first period is pretty bad for the, the Stars. Uh, Michael Hutchinson subbed in for the other Avs goalie, uh, Pavel Francois, I think, uh, who was deemed unfit to play. Uh, Hutchinson earned his first playoff win in his first playoff start. So that's really cool for him. He's the third goalie for the Avalanche so far this series. So, I mean, their depth is crazy. The fact that they can have really dominant goalies up into the third stringers. Uh, I've, I mentioned before, I think this is going to be a really top team in the next couple of years. That's just going to keep coming back into this into this playoff and really dominate. So I guess no surprise. Uh, but on the other end of that coin, Dallas is really struggling with their goalies. Again, Ben Bishop was replaced by Anton Kadovin after giving up four of those uh, first period goals in the first 14 minutes of play. They're just getting overpowered. Avalanche had five goals in the first period, where Dallas Stars had five shots in the first period. So, I mean, they're literally just getting absolutely dominated. Um, but again, the Stars are leading the series, so I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been very back and forth. Like each each time I go over this, it's either the Stars are dominating or the Avalanche are dominating. And then finally, we're going to go into the number one Golden Knights versus the number seven Canucks. The Golden Knights lead this series three to two. And then on Tuesday, Vancouver won two to one. Thatcher Demko made 42 saves for Vancouver on his first playoff start. So he also had his first playoff start and win. He's the 15th goalie ever to win on his first playoff start. Uh, Hutchinson earlier in the week with the Avalanche was the 14th which I think is kind of crazy that there's only been 15 goalies that have started in the playoffs and won a playoff game in the like hundred years that the Stanley cup playoffs has been around essentially. And then Elias Peterson scored the game winner there. Uh, he's having a pretty great playoff. I remember he, he won a pretty late game winner, I think in the first round or second round. So in terms of this Canucks team, it's like, it's like next man up. I feel like every time I talk about the Canucks, it's another guy stepping up and, and, and taking that. So I, I think I think it's going to be really fun to see the Canucks win and, and go on, even though, you know, the Golden Knights are a good team. I think I want to see, you know, this young scrappy team play against the team like 
I think I, I think it's going to be the Avalanche. So I'm going to say Avalanche Canucks uh, versus Lightning, and I'm going to say Islanders. Um, so those are my predictions. We'll see how that plays out in Week Five and how that moves on into the third round of the NHL playoffs. Yeah, and uh, once again, speaking of playoffs, I uh, got a little little golf there that we uh, have to talk about. Uh, it was actually a pretty exciting week. Uh, I said last week that the playoffs are an absolute joke, but they're still going on. There's still some good golf events, and there's still some good golf that's being played. Uh, once again, South Carolina native Dustin Johnson is on an absolute tear. Uh, it looked like he was going to um, have a good shot at winning this week. He was the leader after three rounds. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to take it home. He uh, found himself in a tight spot this week at the very end of the regulation. Faced a 43-foot putt to force overtime. He absolutely drains it. Gives a pretty low excitement fist bump, uh, which a lot of people were talking about because he just never really shows a lot of emotion. But uh, a massive putt from DJ to take it into overtime, to extra holes, to a playoff, in the playoffs. And then... um, John Rahm is uh, the guy he went to the playoff against. He is just a one-hole playoff, pretty quick and easy, kind of, sort of, because John Rahm hit a 66-foot putt to top Dustin Johnson uh, this week. Um, both these putts were just absolutely incredible. If you go back and watch them, they're not just, you know, your run-of-the-mill. I mean, no putt over that distance is like run-of-the-mill, but these putts had some crazy break in them, and just to have them both, line that up right, put the right speed on it, and put it in the bottom of the cup. It just uh, was really great to see. So a lot going on. It was kind of tough for DJ. Uh, of course, he never really expected him to drain a 66-foot putt. So, And there's some pictures circulating of him just, like, standing on the next tee box waiting for Rum to putt. And just the amount of disappointment you had to feel, like you're already just thinking just, you're getting ready for the next hole, and this dude just absolutely rips your heart out. So uh, that's pretty much the uh, the end of the, the golf coverage for this week. Uh, it was a really great event, a good tune-up for the uh, U.S. Open that's going to be uh, not this week, but next week. That's going to be at Wingfoot in New York. Uh, you know, the, the final score this week uh, in regulation was four under par, uh, which is uh, pretty tough. Uh, it's a big difference between the before when DJ won at 30 under par. For a short time, it actually looked like the winning score might be over par, but it's uh, it it turned out a couple guys went low on the weekend, and um, especially on Sunday, and were able to get it down to uh, to four under for the uh, for the winning score. But um, it's going to be a good week this week as well. Uh, the top thirty guys are going to be in Atlanta um, at East Lake for the Tour Championship. Dustin Johnson, even though he didn't come up with the win last week, based on the win before the week before and just having a good season overall. Uh, he is going to be in the top spot going in. That tournament is a, a staggered event, which means that based on your positions in the playoff standings uh, is how many under par that you start. So DJ right now has a two-stroke lead before even touching a club this week and is at 10 under par, two strokes over uh, the uh, the next guys out. So he's got an advantage there to get to the, uh, the, the FedEx Cup champion, uh, which can be a big payday for whoever ends up winning that. That's $15 million uh, just for the winner. Uh, so that's pretty crazy. And so uh, it'll be exciting to see how that plays out this week and um, get into some more major golf in the week after. So uh, I believe that wraps up everything that we've got overall. And so we hope to have some more good stuff to talk about next week and hope to see you all then.